0: Hey, Helicopter Podcast listeners, this is John Gray from the Hanger Z Podcast. I want to let you all know Vertical Fowler's Spring 2024 issue is now available. In our Spring 2024 issue, we head over to Leon County for a look at how law enforcement agencies in Northern Florida are combining forces to enhance crime fighting. We also visit Metro Aviation in Shreveport, Louisiana to learn about the work behind installing a Metro interior in an Airbus helicopter. We connect with the experts in the search and rescue sector for an update on the latest trends, training, and tools using helicopter rescue missions. And finally, we catch up with the Los Angeles Police Department's aviation unit for a look at its training programs. All this, plus highlights of some new products and services that made their debuts at Heli-Expo 2024. To check out the latest issue of Vertical Valor, go to verticalvalor.com and scroll to the bottom of the page to find magazines. Enjoy. All right, guys, welcome back to the helicopter podcast. I'm your guy, Halsey Scheider. First and foremost, thank you guys so much for listening, reaching out, providing feedback, mostly positive feedback, which I appreciate. You know, you never know this day and age, you know, the internet can be a kind of a scary place. So, I appreciate you all welcoming, uh, welcoming me into your podcast queue. And I hope that you can find a lot of uh, awesomeness from the podcast. Awesomeness, I think it's a word. We'll go with it. Uh, Exciting things around the corner uh, that I'm looking forward to announcing sooner than later. And I think it's just going to elevate the podcast. So stay around for that. I've been kind of teasing this idea for a bit, but I promise some big exciting news around the corner and of course, make sure if you're on social media, just go the Helicopter Podcast Facebook, Instagram. Just follow. It's easy. Helps me out, uh, and I would appreciate it if you can do it. Also, feel free to leave a review. Anyway, last few episodes have all been interviews with awesome, incredible people within the helicopter industry, and today is just a solo episode with me. If you recall, I think it's probably three or four episodes ago. I was starting a series where I was just going to do a series of short podcasts, kind of discussing my progression in employment when it came to becoming a helicopter pilot. And on the first episode, I started off with this idea that your interview for your first job, if you're going the CFI route, starts when you start flight training. You're going to be in this flight school every day uh, for almost, you know, maybe a year, year and a half, two years. People are going to get to know who you are, and so we talked a lot about that, or I did. I shared with you some of the things that I did well and some of the things I didn't do so well, and today, I just want to keep moving forward and discuss kind of that next step for for my path, at least. There's other paths, right? There's guys that will go and fly SIC, right from flight school. There's guys and gals that will go fly tours. I know a lot of the Florida, Orlando-based tours and other tour operators all across the United States have lower requirements. They're flying 44 tours, so they don't need 1,000 hours. So I know a lot of uh, friends of mine have gone that route. So during this whole series, I can really only speak to my experience and try to give my insight. So my my story is flight school to CFI. That's the route that I went. And it's 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 kind of funny to look back and think about because it's like I remember those those days I mean from from starting school to finishing and getting my CFI I remember every day at Hillsborough where I went to school the flight instructors wore these tan khaki flight suits and I just remember thinking like man how do I get into that flight suit how am I going to figure this out And I didn't really help myself along the way. As you recall, my last solo episode, I kind of, you know, made it harder on myself than it had to be. But anyway, that was like a big deal. Like, man, I got to get hired here. I think at that time in my life, pretty young guy, if I didn't get that opportunity, I'm sure it would have all worked out. But man, it would have really hurt. Uh, So I guess, spoiler, I did get hired as a CFI. But I just want to talk to you about that experience and then kind of go further past that time when I was actually then in charge of hiring CFIs and things that I looked for and things that I'm sure other assistant chief, chief pilot, or whoever is responsible for hiring flight instructors where you're at. So when I was going through the interview process, essentially everyone that went to flight school there had the opportunity to interview, and it was all based on availability, how many CFIs were leaving, how many students there were, and if there was room for new people. So I got really lucky because sometimes individuals would finish their, their training, and there wouldn't be a hiring for two, three, four months. Whereas if I recall, I finished my CFI, and within just a couple of weeks, it was my time to go and interview. So just like any standard job, I was expected to apply online. Very common these days. So I filled out the online portal uh, and worked on creating my resume. Now, when it comes to a pilot resume, you should do it however you think is best. But here's just a couple points that I do with my resume and things that I like to see on other people's resume. So up top, I like to just have the clear contact information. Who's applying? Whose resume is this? I put my name, my number, and my email. I can do that in the header in Microsoft Word, and I just think that it looks really nice. Then from there, to me, the most important thing is flight experience. So right on the very top of my pilot resume, I'm putting in all of my flight experience. And what I like to do, even back then, even though I didn't have a a ton of airframe experience in other airframes other than Robinson, I like to list my total times, break it down by, you know, dual given, or I should say at that time, you know, dual received, solo, PIC, cross country, night, simulated instrument, whatever it is, essentially every row in your logbook, I include that on my resume if I have hours within that column. And then I even go one step further and I break it down of how many hours I have per aircraft. So in this case, it's pretty easy for me because I did 99% of my initial training in the R22. So it was all in the R22. I think I maybe had five hours or so to a Schweitzer. And I did a couple instrument hours uh, in a Cessna. So I include all that stuff on my resume. And I make it very clear up top. These are my hours. Because let's face it, at the end of the day, experience or hours equals experience. So I think on a, any resume, that's kind of the most important thing. Other than that, right below that, I put my certifications. I put at that time, you know, my my flight instructor certificate, my commercial certificate. If I had an instrument rating at that time, I would have I would have added that there too. And I also put any type of extra training or certifications at that time. For my first job, it would be the Robinson safety course, as that was a requirement for me to get my job there at Hillsborough. And then the rest of the resume is kind of your standard, you know, Two or three past experiences of, of employment. I was a young guy, so my my resume was pretty funny because it was like line service, pizza shop, line service, pizza shop. You know, I, I didn't really have an extensive working background. And so uh, you know, you list them out, put your references down. So I think it's really important that you should always keep up to date on your resume. Especially when you're kind of further down the line, that thousand-hour point, kind of looking for jobs. I've had times where things came up, like, really quick. Like, hey, send me your resume right now. And if, if I would have delayed, I might have not had the opportunity. So I would encourage you to build your resume, keep it up to date, and uh, make sure that it's accurate. The worst thing that you could do is put inaccurate information on there, especially flight experience, go into an interview present your logbook, present your resume and they don't match. So you know, be careful with that. A lot of technology today. You know, I, I use Logbook Pro um, for for my digital logbook. So I would recommend that for sure. It makes doing the resume and getting the hours, especially the air, uh, aircraft breakdown, super easy. So at that time, the interview process was fairly straightforward. I met with the chief helicopter instructor, the school director, and our missions director. And at that time, they had a special emphasis on what we call the maneuver guide. The maneuver guide was breaking down all the maneuvers that we would teach as a flight instructor and showing that we essentially had it memorized to the standard of you know consistency. So if you were learning a normal approach from me, and then you stepped in with another flight instructor you could, you know, have that consistency. And that was what I had to do to get the job. So at that time, whether like that's a great metric of being a good CFI or not, I don't know. Uh, I don't really think it is. But for that time, that's what I needed to do. So I made sure that I knew that maneuver guide inside and out. We did a lot of that, of course, during CFI training. And I went in there. I put my best foot forward. These guys knew me. They knew me for the last two years as a student, as a line guy, sometimes as a jerk, even. So, you know, I had to go in there. I had to be humble. Uh, I didn't want to be overconfident, but I wanted to make sure that they knew I was excited. And, And to this day, if I'm in charge of hiring someone, I like when they come out and just tell me, like, hey, I'm excited for this opportunity. Those are kind of the type of people that I look for, at least. So, I made that clear, long story short, got hired, there was no teaching, there was no uh, interview flight or anything like that, the first like official flight that I had to do is a 141 checkout and that was abysmal, it was a horrible flight, flying with the chief instructor, I was nervous, <laughs> you know, if that was my interview flight, I'm not sure if I would have ever got the job actually, so uh That's my experience of getting my first job as a CFI. And that was pretty exciting because that was really what I wanted to do. But I think more importantly, or the best, I think, content for this podcast is to give you my first person uh, perspective. If I fast forward a little bit and discuss kind of what we did uh, myself and the chief instructor, Marcus, when we took over the hiring process, uh, when I was the assistant chief. And we changed things around a little bit. And talking to some recent friends of mine, even on the podcast here that are finishing up flight school, it sounds like a lot of flight schools are kind of going this direction. So, again, I don't know what your flight school does, but it seems like this kind of might be a new kind of consistent standard. But Marcus and I thought, man, we're hiring CFIs. Uh, Well, and actually I can digress a little bit. Marcus came and kind of like took over the chief job and – didn't get rid of the maneuver guide, but took away like this robotic teaching of bullet point by bullet point by bullet point. He wanted consistency, but in his, I, in his impression, especially during an interview, it's, you know, if someone can memorize a maneuver guide, it doesn't make them a good instructor. So we kind of took the maneuver guide out of our interview process. We wanted to hear certain maneuvers and we could do that during our evaluation flight, which we instituted. But for us on the ground, it was really important to kind of find out two things. Is this person a person that we want to work with? Keep that in mind, right? Like when you're getting hired somewhere, you're entering a new, a new group. And if you're in an interview and you kind of seem like a jerk or whatever, you know, does that person really going to want to work with you? Probably not. So we looked at attitude, looked at their uh, kind of overall personality, and, uh, but most importantly, we looked at their teaching. Hey, teach us a ground lesson. Uh, and we wouldn't really give them heads up. We would say, Hey, teach us sailing with power. Boom. Teach us, you know, whatever we got to do. Uh, you know, go teach us this or teach us that. In fact, there was times where we didn't even care about the helicopter stuff. We wanted to see if you could teach Emily Spates, who's been on the podcast before still to this day has the most memorable ground. She was like the last up of, of interviews. We did like nonstop two days interviews. I don't know how many people, but it felt like a lot. And if I had to hear another, you know, ground lesson on, you know, low RPM blade stall or something with power to symmetry lift, I was going to keel over. And part of Emily's interview, we learned that she was from Vermont. She actually grew up on a maple syrup farm. And I had, I was not familiar with how maple syrup is made. So we threw a curveball. We said, hey, teach us the process of making maple syrup. And she did. She did a great job. And in fact, I got to go to Canada, not Vermont, but Canada uh, a year ago and make maple syrup. And I recalled that her teaching was very accurate. So for us, it was really important to see if you could teach. Mostly about helicopters, but eh, sometimes maple syrup too, right? Uh, And then we also did an interview flight. And during that flight, for me, I knew that these people were going to be nervous. I know I would have been. And so I I knew that we had to be respectful of that. Like, Hey, it's, it's a stressful situation. And some of the flights went better than others, but the key for us, and I think a key for a lot of other hiring managers at a flight school environment is about, Hey, does this applicant have the entire site picture? Yeah, maybe their off airport's a little wonky and their auto's not perfect and their approach was a little weird, but do they have the full picture? Are they listening to the radio? Are they monitoring their gauges? Are they familiar with what kind of student errors could be presented during a maneuver? And are they ready for that? To me, that was really the important stuff. It wasn't to go out and do a check ride and make sure that every maneuver was, say, to PTS. It was, you know, eight. Hey, Where's the site picture? And I really harped on that because I was also teaching CFI. So I felt like when I became a CFI that my training was lacking a little bit of understanding like this idea of being able to see the whole picture. And it took me a long time, probably a couple hundred hours to kind of have this light bulb go off of like, hey, that's the important part of flight instructing is knowing everything that's going on around you, being able to teach and making sure that your student's not going to do anything to hurt the helicopter or, or you guys collectively. And so that's what we did for our evaluation flight. So, and I think that's very standard for flight schools these days. I know the leading edge here in Bend is doing something similar where you teach a ground, you go through maybe some other you know quiz questions, things like that, and then you do a flight. Uh, In fact, if you guys listen, we had uh, a guest on just a few episodes back uh, who, uh, his name is Adam Rickard, and he was going right through that process, you know, as we were kind of doing the podcast almost. So it was kind of cool to hear his perspective. So I think that if you're in flight school right now and the CFI route is where you want to go, the most important things that you could put emphasis on is teaching good ground lessons and not just like memorizing stuff, right? Like actually fully understanding. I think in your private and your commercial, there's a little bit of that rote, kind of that memorization of of whatever it may be, aerodynamic hazards, weather, nav, whatever it is. And now as a CFI, it's your opportunity to like start actually fully understanding that stuff. Because you can't teach it, in my opinion, if you don't fully understand it. And if you're like me, there may be even some ground topics in which you don't fully understand until you've taught it several times, and then a light bulb goes off. So keep that in mind. Also, it's super important. I think it's glazed over in, in some CFI training. It was glazed over when I went through my training, but then when I was kind of head of training, we put greater emphasis on it. And that's the FOIs, the fundamentals of instruction. Being able to teach someone is a unique place to be and uh, position to be in, I should say. And not a lot of newly CFI helicopter guys or gals have a background of instruction, whether they taught formal school somewhere or a college course, whatever, not a lot of them have that experience. Some do, most don't. I did not. So going and actually understanding how people learn effectively, that's really important to being a really good flight instructor. And I think that a lot of hiring managers are probably putting that on a little bit of a greater pedestal to make sure that you kind of get it. Because that's kind of a complexity of being a flight instructor, especially a new flight instructor. So to kind of close it out here, this was a bit of a condensed version, but really my interview was pretty straightforward. You want to be positive, you want to be upbeat, you want to have a good attitude, and you want to know your stuff. In this case, I had to know the maneuver guide, so I went in and you know kind of memorized what I had to memorize. It's important to ask those in front of you who maybe got hired or interviewed before, hey, get, give me the gouge, what to expect here. I think it's perfectly okay to go into an interview with a bit of an idea because then you can prep. Uh, make sure your resume is up to date. If you're new to flying helicopters, your resume is only going to keep on growing. You're going to keep adding uh, new times and new aircraft to the resume. And I've definitely been in a position, as I'll talk about in later episodes, where I got behind on my logbook and I got behind on my resume. And it was always... It's kind of stressful, two steps forward, three back type of deal sometimes. So keep an updated resume. And in order to do that, you have to have an updated logbook. And again, I'll talk about that kind of my post-CFI jobs as we continue this series of kind of talking about my employment history. And, you know, go in there, be confident. No, it's not going to be perfect. Interviews are stressful places. Um... And as my mom would always say, you're going to have those butterflies, that's good. Put those butterflies in formation, put your best foot forward, and do the best that you can. And I hope that you've learned on the podcast, I've had guests from Hillsboro, from other flight schools, that their goal too is to work at the school that they trained at. And for whatever reason, it didn't work out. Maybe they had a bad interview, maybe the numbers just weren't kind of aligning to, to be at that position well, they didn't give up. They had a resume. They went out and they applied for other positions, and they got those positions. And they're all now very successful helicopter pilots within the industry. So keep that in mind too. Take the pressure off a little bit. Yeah, it's always nice to get the job that you want, but the the earth doesn't stop. The world doesn't end if you don't. So, uh, kind of a recap of the last two episodes. Your interview starts day one. So when you're doing flight school be awesome. Try to be awesome. Have a good attitude. Be someone that people like being around. I was trying to be as transparent as possible in my first episode of this series of where, you know, I was young and dumb. I did a lot of stupid things. I got lucky that I ended up getting hired. So, um, you know, and then moving forward, just keep that attitude. Attitude is probably the most important thing when it comes to getting hired. So, uh, solo number two in the books. Talking about getting jobs, Uh, a little teaser for my next solo, which will probably be in three or four weeks. I'm going to talk about. It might be a little bit of a longer podcast. Is kind of my veer off from the standard path after I became uh, or after I finished up being a flight instructor. I I would say that my path from student to flight instructor was very normal, and then I veered off. Did some other things for a couple years, and then I kind of veered back into the normal route, going to tours, air medical, uh, and whatnot. So I'm excited to talk about that stuff. It's, it's, it's fun and exciting to kind of reminisce of, of my time going through the industry. So I hope that you gain some insight here. If you have questions about a resume, hit me up on Instagram. Hit me up on Facebook. Send me your resume. Love to see it. Love to give you my feedback. I'm an open book. This podcast is meant for uh, being able to be a place where you guys can hopefully enjoy just what we're talking about, but also take away some things that might help you in your path. Uh, to, to, To talk to me on Instagram, what do you gotta do? You gotta like it. You gotta follow me, I think. I think that's how it works. I don't know if you can message me if you don't follow or like me on there. So please do that. Also, if you wanna leave a review, You can do that on Apple Podcasts. You can do that on Spotify. Love to hear your feedback. So please continue to do that. We release new episodes every Tuesday, 365. I might need to rethink that in the future. Maybe take like a little break. But for now, we're going full bore. So keep listening. Subscribe so you get notified when we launch new podcasts every Tuesday. And again, thank you for supporting the Helicopter Podcast. My name is Halsey Scheider, and I love doing this. So let's keep doing it. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Hey, podcast listeners. My name is Halsey Schreider, and I'm the principal broker and owner of Celicopter. Celicopter is a new age, data driven, helicopter specific sales brokerage, bringing helicopter listings to new heights. At Celicopter, we utilize digital positioning, paid advertising, and our large network of industry professionals to move your helicopter quickly and efficiently. Unsure the value of your helicopter? Lucky for you, Celicopter offers a complimentary market evaluation. All you have to do is contact the team today. Are you ready to take your helicopter listing from Mayday to Payday? Easy. Fill out the contact information below, and a Helicopter pilot agent will reach out shortly. Cellicopter. List it, sell it, done.